Welcome to a Vietnam podcast. I'm your regular host, Neil Mackay, where I share the stories of people connected to Vietnam. But today's episode is going to be more than a little bit different. Instead of me interviewing a guest, I'll be answering questions written by ChatGPT. That's right, I'll be interacting with a machine to explore the intersection of technology and human interaction. And ChatGPT wrote that sentence. So what you're about to hear was written by ChatGPT and then it's voiced by AI from Descript, the program I use to edit all my podcasts. So I'm going to hand you over to today's host, whose voice is called Nancy. I'm your host, ChatGPT. As an AI language model, I'm programmed to understand natural language and generate responses that mimic human speech. But how well can I really understand the complexities of Vietnam and its people? That's what we're going to find out. I'll be using GPT-3, one of the most advanced AI models available today, to generate questions based on a range of topics related to Vietnam, such as culture, history, and daily life. I have no idea what questions I will come up with, so this is going to be an exciting and unpredictable conversation. Of course, as an AI I'm not a Vietnam expert by any means, but I hope that by engaging in this AI-human dialogue, we can learn something new and thought-provoking about Vietnam and ourselves. Meet Neil Mackay, the entertaining and knowledgeable host of a Vietnam podcast. Neil is a seasoned comedian, teacher, and podcast expert who has been hosting his show since 2019. With over 40,000 downloads and a spot in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide, a Vietnam podcast is the leading English-language podcast in Vietnam. Neil's passion for sharing stories, insights, and experiences about Vietnam has captivated audiences around the globe. Through his podcast, Neil takes listeners on a journey through Vietnam's rich history, culture, and people. Join Neil and his guests as they explore everything from food and travel to music and politics. With Neil as your guide, you're sure to have a fun and informative experience on a Vietnam podcast. So let's get started with the first question. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about Vietnam and its history? This is, without a doubt, definitely one of the coolest and the weirdest things I've ever done. But I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, what inspired me to start a Vietnam podcast? Boredom is the question you'll hear me often repeat. Uh, My wife and I, Adri, if you're a regular listener, you'll you'll have heard all about. We used to work the exact same schedule and our jobs changed and I had a Sunday off. And I didn't want to just drink all day, which at that time in Saigon, that was pretty much all there was to do back then. Now there's, there's a lot more to do, but back then it was kind of drink or do nothing. That's how I felt like anyway, which is pretty boring, I know. And I didn't want to just drink all day while Adri was at work. So I would just go for a ride around Saigon on my motorbike, just drive from one end of town to the other and hang out with Biscuit or Dog, but she sleeps most of the time. And so I get pretty bold. And so I was a massive podcast fan since the very beginning. I love podcasts. I always listen to them in the gym or when I'm driving or commuting. And so, you know, one of those things where I'm like, I should start a podcast. And the other thing was... Being here in Saigon, I just met like really interesting people, like really interesting people from all walks of life. They all had a really interesting backstory because you meet so many people here in Saigon. The expat community is so diverse, people from all over the world, all backgrounds. And so I wanted to try and tell their stories and know more about them because I knew on the basic level here in Saigon, like people like to drink a lot and you hang out and you have fun, but you don't really scratch the surface and get to know those people too well. So, So that was definitely part of it. The most memorable moments, I think I always talk about There's two episodes that stand out. One was with AJ Miller, uh, an amazing friend who's back in the States, but AJ come back to Vietnam soon. She's a comedian and a musician, and she's just one of the most 
funniest people you'll you'll ever meet. And had her on the podcast under the kind of guise of of being a fellow comedian. At that time, I was inter- interviewing a few different comedians, and so I thought we were just gonna have a blast. She's like just this really big personality. She's so funny, and I had no idea that the actual reason she was here in in Vietnam was to retrace her, her father's footsteps because he'd been in the Vietnam War. But it, he hadn't enjoyed it. He hadn't come here because he wanted to, uh, like many soldiers' stories, and had gone home with PTSD and ended up passing away from uh, Agent Orange-induced leukemia, and she'd had to nurse him through that. And so she came back here, and she had his dog tags, and she wanted to find out where he'd been. And she'd just been blown away by the friendliness of the people in Vietnam and the acceptingness. Is that even a word, the acceptingness? The, how well she was accepted by people here because she was... Uh, a bit worried that, you know, people were going to, you know, be horrible to her, I guess, as the, the daughter of a soldier. And her story, you know, she burst into tears at one point because it was such an emotional story. And it was the first time for me as an interviewer, I was like, okay, you are the interviewer right now. You need to be like a journalist, you know, not that I'm a journalist at all, but I, I need to be like the reporter. You can't feed into her reactions. This is not a good podcast if the two of you are bawling in tears. So I had to hold it together um, and kind of let her cry. And I didn't go over and give her a pat on the shoulder or anything because I was like, what would, a, what would a reporter do that you see on television that's watching someone, that's interviewing someone and they're broken down in front of them? They don't reach over and, and give them a cuddle and say, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. They, they continue on with the interview. And so that's what I did. So it was one of my proudest moments as an interviewer. And it was a really memorable moment as, a, as, a, as an episode or as a part of the episode. The other one was with um, Suzanne T. Hien Hook, and you should really go back and listen to that episode as well as AJ's. She was um, abandoned under a bush during the Vietnam War, and she was half black, half Asian. So she does never met her father, never met her mother. She can only assume her father was a, a black GI. And she goes in to tell her story, which is just heartbreaking. She was eventually um, taken into an orphanage. She was adopted by a British family, taken to the UK. Uh, in the media and it's all this amazing story but it was actually the adoption from hell and her family were massively abusive and, and absolutely horrible to her so without going into all the details you can't go back and listen to it but during that episode she said one thing that just always sticks with me she said um, I never knew what it felt like to be loved and I, I've had a, had a poor upbringing we weren't like destitute but we with bills went unpaid there was always food on the table but we didn't have much money for niceties we didn't go on holidays or have cars or anything but we had a nice life so it wasn't terrible but you know still still uh didn't have much money but what i realized from when she said that was i was so loved i never i've never once in my life i still to this day don't know what the feeling is like to be unloved and i just felt so uh privileged so special no matter the faults of my parents and everyone's parents have faults, I was like, they never made me feel unloved once, not for a split second. And so at that point, I did nearly break down into tears. I think I did a little bit. And I actually said to her, I was like, I've never broken down into tears on this show before. And I was going to cut it out because I didn't want to want to have that on the show. But she's like, no, no, you need to keep this in. And so I did. And then it was something after that interview, I was like, right, I'm going to write a letter to my mom and my dad. I'm going to put it down on pen and paper and tell them how much it means to me that I felt loved. And one of those things, I never got around to it. So last year I turned 40 and I actually made the point. I called them both on my 40th birthday. And I had obviously had a chat with them and blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know, I've got something I need to tell you. I said, uh, 
did this interview, told them what happened. I said, you know, and I realized that I never felt unloved. So I said to both of them, I said, thank you for that. Like, uh, I've, <laughs> it means so much to me. So obviously there were some tears uh, and appreciation from both of them. So th those are definitely the most memorable, uh, memorable moments for sure from, from the whole season, from the, all the podcasts that I've done so far. How do you go about choosing guests for your podcast and what criteria do you use? I absolutely love that ChatGPT has asked this question. It's amazing and I'm, I'm excited to answer it because I don't think I, I've really made this public knowledge. I tell it to some people. But my proudest thing about a Vietnam podcast has been the diversity of the guests. And that's not by accident. If you go back and look through all the guests that we've had now, and I, I think it's about 100, I've, I've kind of lost count. So maybe more, yeah, I think it's about 100. Um, I've really, really focused from day one to, to give voices to everyone. And it would be the easiest thing in the world to make a podcast full of white people and full of white guys. Because if anyone ever suggests someone to be on the podcast, it's usually a white guy. And if anyone asks to be on the podcast, 100%, it's always a white guy. I'm very aware that I'm a white guy. But as someone who's traveled the world, I like to think that I'm inclusive of everyone and accepting of everyone. And I, I'm sick of hearing from white guys. So I'm very conscious of that as the host. I'm 50% of it. So I've always wanted to make Vietnam a podcast to give voices to other people. So if you look through, uh, it should be, and it's nearly always 50-50 male-female. Again, that's completely by design when I plan out the podcast episodes for each season and who I want to interview, I make sure I have a 50-50 ratio. Um, and then I obviously want to interview Vietnamese people. I don't have specific numbers on that, but Vietnamese people, people of color. Um, the biggest thing, though, the biggest criteria really is just not white guys uh, or white women for that for that reason. So for each episode, each season is about 10 episodes. And in those 10 episodes, I try to limit it to no more than two and maybe three white people. And I want to give those other seven or eight episodes to people of color. Um, and also the other big thing is people from the LGBT community. So again, if you go through all the past episodes, this is completely not by accident. I always make sure to give voices to people who are either trans, gay, bisexual, um, anything on the spectrum of the LGBT community. Because again, I want to give voices to those people because those are interesting stories to hear. I'm sick of hearing from white people and I want to hear from interesting people and give them that platform to speak. So for me, yeah, that's definitely been the most exciting. Not the most exciting, but it's definitely been, I've been, been very proud of that because I think it would have been very easy to just interview white guys and I've <laughs> made a very conscious effort not to do that. What have you learned about Vietnamese culture through your interviews and research and how has it changed your perspective? This, this is a hard question to answer. I've been here seven years and I feel like I should have a better answer. I mean, in terms of culture, I feel like... A, yeah, maybe I'm just not realizing. I've obviously learned so much. I don't know like history of the culture, but I do know the culture. I know more about the culture in terms of how it has been affected by the war and not just the Vietnam War or the American War, but they've been at war with, well, they've been colonized by France. Um, and then obviously they had, uh, they've taken over, I think. I see my history is terrible by China for many, many years. But I know about the culture. Yeah, I mean, they're just such a proud, proud nation. And I see that even in my classroom when I'm doing like games with the students and they will throw themselves at the blackboard, chalkboard, sorry, is that the PC term these days, where they will throw themselves at the chalkboard to be able to get to be the winning team. And I just watch the, the ferocity of their competitiveness 
and it might be completely misplaced, but I think that just to me is a symbol of like the Vietnamese pride um, and how they like to do things themselves and how they, they just want to get things done. Um, but yeah, and mostly through the interviews. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I'm not, I'm not thinking clearly right now. I've learned so much through the interviews, especially from the perspective of uh, Viet Qs or overseas Vietnamese people who that's been the biggest learning has learned from people who've been born from Vietnamese parents who moved overseas either for economic opportunities, education, or because they were Vietnamese boat people and fled Vietnam after the war. And learning their stories and what it's like for them to grow up in a mixed culture with Vietnamese parents in a Western background with Western society, but then longing to learn more about their roots and be told by their parents that they're Vietnamese, but then also told kind of not to be Vietnamese or to learn from the culture that they're around and, and find out just how much of a, a, how much that messes with somebody's mind. And again, thinking, <laughs> always transplanting back to yourself. And I'm like, I just don't have that perspective or experience because for me, I was brought up in a homogenous society. Pretty much all my friends and family were white. They were all, all their parents were born in Scotland. So nobody I knew had this kind of immigrant or third world culture kid syndrome and so that to me was just like really 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 interesting um has it changed my perspective i mean of course like massively just kind of saying like what do you what are your preconceptions or misconceptions of coming to vietnam i guess like anyone that's what you th you think it's going to be like maybe you think it's going to be poor i guess the thing you think is everything is going to be cheap here and things can be cheap you can go out and get a beer for 20,000 dong, like a dollar if you want. But you can also go out and get a beer for 150,000 dong, which is still cheap compared to like craft beer in the US or the UK. But you can spend some money if you want. You can go to nice restaurants. You can go to nice cocktail bars. And so I, I guess that's really changed my perspective from the seven years I've been here. In the beginning, I would only go to plastic stool bars, drink cheap beer and have a great time. And then over time, as you realize that the Vietnamese culture is a growing globalized culture that wants all the mod cons that everyone else has but they still have their own perspective on life how do you think the vietnam war has shaped vietnam as a nation and its relationship with the rest of the world i don't have too much to answer on this question just because i'm not an expert and i don't want to talk on something that I, i'm going to sound stupid about that I, that I don't really know what i'm talking about Obviously, the Vietnam War ha has shaped Vietnam as a nation, but I don't think as much as we all think. I think there's a, a myriad of other things that have shaped Vietnam as a nation and their place in the world, not just the Vietnam War. That's just such a kind of American, UK, Western-centric view of Vietnam that this whole country is thinking all the time about the war and everything's related to that. The longer you live here, you realize like it just almost never comes up in day-to-day -day life it's never mentioned and again but that's maybe just in my day-to-day -day life maybe within a Vietnamese family they are talking about it but from my experiences with Vietnamese friends it's just something that doesn't doesn't come up with me or with their families I don't think at all and so now I just think the Vietnam's relationship with the rest of the world is based on globalization it's based on you know Nike factories Apple factories um, building semiconductor chips green energy solutions um, you know, it's a man, it's now the manufacturing, one of the manufacturing powerhouses of the world. And with that, the population is just booming. Uh, the, the economy is booming and it's just a really exciting place to be. And it's exciting to see Vietnam having an impact on the rest of the world as well, which we can see now through, through design, through actors. And the best example is 
I'm going to get his name wrong. Was it Hui Ke Kwang? I've butchered his name. But just winning an Oscar, that really just puts the, that just sums it up. The amazing things that the Vietnamese diaspora are now doing across the world. What advice would you give to someone who is interested in learning more about Vietnamese history and culture? This is a bit of a, a boring question from ChatGPT, and it's a, a pretty boring answer. If you want to learn more about Vietnamese history and culture, go to the library. Do, do those still exist? Go to Amazon, get a book, read a book. I mean, that's how we learn. Come over here and explore the place for yourself. But if you really want to know the history and culture, read a book. I don't have any recommendations. <laughs> but if you come over here, obviously go to the Vietnamese Vietnam War Remnants Museum, go up to the Hanoi Hilton up in Hanoi. You can learn um, some stuff here, but mostly just read a book or a Kindle. Are there any particular aspects of Vietnam's history or culture that you find particularly fascinating and why? I sound so basic because I've not really done much, I guess, learning or research in Vietnam's history or culture. But one of the things I, I did find really fascinating, and I feel it's like one of the, uh, it is still well known, but I think it's something that not a lot of tourists do. When you go up to Da Nang, there's a place called Mison or Mishon. I said this to my students the other day and they laughed at me because I said it wrong. M-Y-S-O-N, um, two words. And it's just outside of Da Nang. Get on a bike, drive out there. And it basically looks like, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Cambodia or Thailand, Cambodia. And I can't even remember the name of the people. This is how bad my knowledge is and my memory. But it's got these beautiful temples that are nothing like I've seen in, in Vietnam before. I'm pretty sure it's Cambodian. Um, so they remind you of places like, not Angkor Wat specifically, but places around Angkor Wat and all these temples. And it was when those people migrated, again, if I remember correctly, from Cambodia, they were Buddhist and Vietnam. Um, sorry, not Buddhist. What were they? I'm completely blown this. So I'm doing an interview with a GPT with an AI model and I still can't answer properly. But uh, anyway, check it out. Mison, really fascinating how the people moved there. And then <laughs> to go back to the war, when you do go there, apparently the local people were sheltering in these temples during the war and you can still see massive um, holes in the ground where bombs had hit when they, and they were trying to bloody bomb a beautiful temple to try and get to the people, which is another story in itself. If you didn't know it was a bomb crater, you would just think it was a hole in the ground, but then there's a sign and you're like, oh, that's interesting. So, but I would definitely recommend if you want to do something a little bit different that Vietnam's not so well known for, go check out Mison just outside of Da Nang. How do you see Vietnam's future in terms of economic development? Well, this one's an easy one, just booming. Vietnam's economic development is insane. Um, and being here in Saigon, seven years, you just see it, new buildings going up, more and more cars, which is a horrible sign of development because you would hope now by this day and age we'd be moving away from cars and into more green energy, but not yet. But it's still amazing to see. There's a new coffee shop opens up every day somewhere here, and I just don't understand. There's already so much coffee available here in Saigon. I don't understand how Saigoners can consume so much. And every time one opens, you're like, how is this going to be popular? And then the next day, it's absolutely packed with people. So that's just like coffee is just one example it's just exciting, like I mentioned earlier, with the manufacturing, but it's now moving more into the service industry. There's so many digital nomads here. There's so many startups, um, tech companies. And it's just, it's one of the, I, I don't know the stats, but it's one of the fastest growing economies in the world. And being from the UK, growing up during a recession, and then just hearing how horrible the UK basically seems to be for many years now, um, being here during a time where things are opening all the time, it's really exciting to see buildings going up, bridges being built, 
new jobs. Just as it's just nonstop. And so obviously that I probably won't go on forever, but while it's here, it's exciting. And as obviously Vietnam, like most cultures, will probably move away more from manufacturing to the service industry and technology. Um, there's no reason why it's going to stop anytime soon. So uh, Vietnam's future looks really bright. And the biggest thing is, well, as being a teacher, you go out and you have to teach 50 kids, 5-0, 50 kids in a classroom. And you go into a school where there must be at least two or 3,000 students. And then across the road, there's another student of the same size. Sorry, another school of the same size. And I, I just read yesterday, I think, and again, I might be getting this wrong, 60% of Vietnam's population is under 35 or something crazy like that. It's like such a young population. So that can only bode well for the future of the economy, especially when you see countries like Japan, where it's almost the opposite and more so, and the country's in real big problems. So the fact that it's just got such a young population, um, Vietnamese overseas are coming back. Vietnamese students who go overseas and used to be would often then stay overseas and try and build a life. That was kind of the goal, you know, go to Australia, go to America, the UK, build a new life there. I think from what I've heard, a lot of those students are now coming back. They'd rather come back to Vietnam because it, before it was a poor country, so there was less reason to come back. Now they're like, okay, I'll go and get my education overseas. And now I'm going to come back to Vietnam, start a business, be with my family. It's a much cheaper lifestyle. It's a, a culture I'm used to. And we, we always think of like the, the dream of the American dream of moving to the US or Australia or the UK. But in reality, it's expensive to live there. So yeah, sure, your, your salary might be like really good, but you, it's so expensive to live there. You're barely sending any money home. You're not really saving any money. Is your life really that much better? So it, it, the future economic development of Vietnam is, is so exciting. And last question, what do you hope listeners take away from your podcast and what impact do you hope it has on their understanding of Vietnam and its history? I feel so basic and that actually is one of the reasons, going back to the very first question, why I started the podcast because I felt really basic. All I did was like drink beer and not, didn't have really many hobbies or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. But I, I sometimes hear people answer questions and they, they give these deep and meaningful answers and they've really thought them out and there's like a really deep meaning behind why they do something. And I always think to myself, I don't, I don't really think like that. So again, it's a really basic answer, but what do I hope listeners take away from this podcast? I just hope they enjoy it. Like That's really just the basic thing. And it's the same when I do stand-up comedy. I don't have any big goals when I do stand-up comedy. I just want to make people laugh. And if people laugh and they come and have a good time, then then I'm happy and I feel like they do. So same with the podcast. I just hope they enjoy it. Um, it's one of the most exciting things was at a comedy show a couple of weeks ago and there was a guest there and she told me after the show, she's like, oh, I found your show because I listened to your podcast um, and I've just moved here and I've started from the beginning and I'm working my way through every episode. So I guess, yeah, for anyone who's wanting to live here or wanting to move here, if they can listen to the podcast and get a, b a bit of an insight into what it's like to be in Vietnam then that would be awesome. And then if people who already live here, I would love it if they listen to the podcast and then get a different perspective on Vietnam that they didn't know about, that, that would be really cool as well. Um, and then the understanding of its history, I think, <laughs> read a book, but I think most people that don't come to a Vietnam podcast to learn about Vietnam history. Well, thanks very much, Chat GPT. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this. This was pretty cool. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to a Vietnam podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights into Vietnam's history, culture, and people. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us. Until next time, Xin Cam on Va Hen Gap Lai. hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.